Hey, all you ghosts and goblins. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. We're a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games. Tabletop RPGs like our favorite Dungeons and Dragons, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your terrifying hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Benz. Hey, kind, dude. Of, kind of a delay there, man. Did you take your headphones off or what happened? <laughs> I did not. I think there's some some latency issues. Really? Seriously? With my with my mind. Oh. Because my child keeps is continually listen, listen, folks. If you guys have any tips out there for for sort of uh curbing your four year old waking up in the middle of the night at like two or three mm. in the morning every night and coming in and just she it's not like she's scared no no like sleep you know like nightmares or mm-hmm. what is it called what are the what is the what are they night called? terrors night or... terrors that's it okay. um not, nothing like that when she comes in she's she's very pleasant but just like ready to rock and roll just and i'm just uh, like oh god and, then, like and it sucks because like the whole day is sort of ruined because mm-hmm. i'm just exhausted kind of so. sounds like the circadian rhythm's a little off there yeah, but I don't know how. I don't know what... Um, I know you had kind of something in mind for today's show. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to... I'm gonna. I, this time it's my turn to pivot. Don't do it to me. Well, we've both been doing a lot of traveling and mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to, to read more uh, here and there in transit. And mm-hmm. man, I found this story, local story. Again, we're going to come at our listeners... With a Georgia grown mm. tantalizing tale. I like that. that I think you're gonna like, man. So I can't believe we haven't talked about this kind of before, but now seems like the perfect time. So if you're down, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it to you, man. That I'm sounds, ready. That's not give it to me, champ. All right. So first off, listeners and Tyler, you'll definitely agree to this, but you know, here in Georgia, mm-hmm. we have a ton of interesting locations that are potential hotspots for hauntings. Mm-hmm. We've kind of talked about them a little bit before on our show, but just like off the top of our heads here, I'm thinking about, you know, old historic cemeteries. And it's not too uncommon for us to be driving around, especially up where, you know, you grew up. And there's just like a mm-hmm. family cemetery in somebody's backyard that's been there for hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. There's also... I mean, even... Okay. even- I'm not derailing, but even like the the small, tiny little Blue church. Creek Baptist Church yeah. that I grew up in, we had like the regular cemetery, and then like across the road was like it's like you literally drive in grass. There's not even a, like a road, yeah, and it's just like the weirdest. There, and there's this one thing that's like this big slab of stone, and it's got these weird like like spirals. Mm. carved into the top no names that's just weird yeah. like symbols and like i was always told that it's native american graveyards but yeah we have mm. that, that those things all over the place yeah i mean like even whenever i first moved to georgia d- i mean dead honest it, it it's not uh again uncommon for you to just kind of be playing out in the woods and stumble upon right. these old like you said unmarked graves maybe the mm-hmm. materials that they used um, weren't the highest of quality and so you know, if there was a name etched into it, it's mm-hmm. since been sort of uh, because of weather and, and the elements and stuff, it's no longer marked. Lost so, to time. Yeah, exactly. And so there's that. 
And then also we're surrounded by a bunch of old Civil War battlegrounds where like mm-hmm. obviously hundreds and or thousands of soldiers, you know, died. And it could literally be your backyard. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, just yeah. all kinds of locations like that that we're just surrounded by. But there is a city here in Georgia that it doesn't matter if you're from here, if you're not from here. Potentially, I guess if you're listening to this on the other side of the world, you may not have, you may not know this, but there's a city here in Georgia that is pretty well known for having a lot or a higher concentration of haunted locations here in the South. Mm. And that is the beautiful city of Savannah, Georgia. Oh, yeah, of course. My immediate thing that comes to mind is also one of the shadiest and <laughs> scariest places to be out late at night uh, that we that we played, like when we were touring. Yeah. And see, I don't remember really kind of walking around late at night in Savannah. No, we didn't. We literally, <laughs> like, stayed, at, like, within the block of, like, the venue and then, like, behind the venue. But it was just super sketch and, like... Yeah. Like people just like walking by and like like looking, like seeing what was going on. Like like any minute, I felt like we were we were going to be held up at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an interesting kind of uh, area. What's also interesting about Georgia in general, and I'm going to get a little bit historical here with you guys, mm-hmm. is that if you're familiar with Georgia history, you know one thing that is um, not unique to our state, but sort of unfortunate, is that during the Civil yeah. War one of the things that happened was a lot of the historic buildings and stuff were kind of destroyed and or burnt down by General Sherman. Yeah. Yeah. And I say unfortunate because, like, you know, you can go to other parts of the country and there's, like, really, really cool old architecture and stuff, especially up north um, Mm -hmm. and out west and stuff. But here in Georgia, you know, some of those buildings still exist, but a lot of them are, you know, not that old. Especially they didn't last a lot of the colonial times. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about Savannah is it's one of those cities that kind of still has a lot of those historic buildings and stuff. In fact, another fun fact for those of you that don't live in the Peach State, like we, like Tyler and I do, is mm-hmm. that Savannah was actually the very first state capital of Georgia. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of so, a history buff, and I, I had no idea. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to lay down a little knowledge for you uh, history buffs. It. So way back in February of 1733, James Oglethorpe and the first Georgia colonists landed at Yamacraw Bluff. And that's where they kind of laid out this new settlement, which is we now know of as Savannah. You know, they made a treaty with a chief, Tomachichi, and they kind of basically gave them some creek land from Savannah to the Otamaha oh. Rivers and go. inland. And we'll talk about that river at some point in yeah, the near future, for sure. Mm-hmm. So a couple of decades later, Revolutionary War happens. Ever heard of it? And <laughs> um, basically Savannah was this, it, it's an interesting city because it's coastal, right? And so it is a very important Port city, especially then, but mm-hmm. even even to this day, and so you're saying it's, pro- it's probably much like a like the the grasslands of like South Carolina. Oh yeah, it is very uh, low country vibe. Yeah, right? low country Spanish country. moss growing mm-hmm. on the trees. It is an absolutely gorgeous area. It actually looks a lot like New Orleans. It does remind me a little bit of 
New Orleans for sure. It's got that vibe, mm-hmm. that old sort of colonial uh, vibe. Yeah, and same with like Charleston, I mean, just like South the, Carolina. Yeah, yeah, like the the terrain, like all the Spanish moss, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, during the Revolutionary War, and by the way, guys, I know it's almost Halloween, and I'm dropping a lot of history on you. And mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting if you're not from Georgia, or I mean, look at Tyler. He's he's lived here literally his whole life. Didn't know Savannah was the first capital. Oh, <laughs> didn't pay attention in school. Okay. I had no idea. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. What's funny is I actually, in high school, I won the history award for the entire school. Well, there's... I had no idea. Okay, look. You know, there's... We already talked about all the awards at your school. There's 10 other students, so it's not really... <laughs> there not, is not. They didn't okay. even... They didn't even teach... Uh, they didn't even teach... I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know, folks, about Dude, the we were literally of this right ahead of public we, school. We... Award this fellow with the history award. <laughs> Didn't teach him what the first capital was. Whoops. Okay. Doesn't matter. The Revolutionary War starts. Savannah basically, they, they moved the capital from Savannah to Augusta. And then how Atlanta became the capital of Georgia, we're not going to get mm-hmm. into it here. Okay? Pal? Okay. I mean, Look, I do I know that... I just don't want to do your teacher's job from, from your... I, okay, I do know that that, that was a fairly common thing for states to, to have, like, moved capitals. But, yeah, yeah I, I never knew that about Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Right. What, right. what was the reason that they set up the capital in Savannah to begin with? Just because it was it the was first... Just the, yeah, one of the first places that they, uh, they saw, and sure. it was just a good port because, like, yeah. when they... In 1733, they were still part of... It was the one of the original colonies, so they're still part right. of England um, mm-hmm. or Great Britain. But anyway, Savannah fell to the British forces, and so Georgia moved and to and reorganized in Augusta. But here's the thing: hmm. I say all that to just kind of give you some context about how old the city is in our state, and that there are still these old, you know, buildings and the vibe. You know, there's a really nice historical section. And by the way, if you like to run and you're into like Marathons or half marathons, one of the best races I've ever done is the Savannah uh, Rock and Roll mar- uh, Half Marathon because mm. every mile on the course there's like bands playing. I mean, every and any kind of music. All the people of Savannah come out. Of, you run right by this like historical section, and you know, folks come out on their front porches and they're just like supporting you that morning. It's really really cool. Or if you like to run from things, just going down to where the Bluebird is. And uh, that area, at real late at night, yeah. and I promise you, you'll get a good run. Is that the venue that we played, Bluebird? <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember. The only was- reason I remember that is because the sound guy told me, I never forgot this, it really stuck with me. He told me, because I was, I mean, as you know, Woody, I was very, like, Emotional. very specific about, <laughs> God, you can't, we can't have an episode <laughs> without it. Uh, no, I was very particular with, like, this, like, very specific niche, like, guitar tone. Yeah. And, like, I would spend hours, and it was, like, never right. And I was, like, always dialing in stuff. And I remember that sound guy was, was like, that's the best guitar tone I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and it always stuck with me. So. Yeah. I love it, yeah. man, whenever you meet, like, a cool sound guy. Oh, yeah. All right. We're not talking about history and Tyler's guitar tone. We're here to talk about the scary stuff. And here's the thing, man. Like I said, Savannah... It's haunted. It's not even like mm-hmm. a, um, you know, an abrasive thing to kind of say here. It's like kind of saying like uh, mm-hmm. Chicago has a lot of wind. Texas is flat. I mean, like literally. California sucks. 
<laughs> Literally <laughs> every single, not every street, but like it's just a high, there's these incredible sort of ghost tours and stuff that you can do oh, yeah. um, in Savannah. But today I want to talk about this place called the Hampton Lily Bridge House. Mm. I've never heard of this. <laughs> I hadn't either, man. And apparently this is like one of the most, it's been listed as one of the most haunted houses in the entire United States of America. Mm, Wow. So you look at it and from the outside, it looks like a pretty normal, quiet, private residence. Mm -hmm. And, and here's, here's what's kind of neat. The local experts in the city rate it as one of the most haunted locations in Savannah. So not only, it's just across the board, this place is intense. And it's the only location in Savannah where they actually performed a religious exorcism, which, by the way, failed. Mmm. Wow. Again, it's called the Hampton Lily Bridge House. It's located deep in the historical district, a short walk from Oglethorpe Square. For such a seemingly normal house, it has been through a lot of suffering and death. And so I'm going to kind of take you through some of its history here. But we're going to start with the very first death that happened. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. When you're looking at it from the outside, it just looks, it's, you know, two and a half stories with a mansard roof and a wide sort of shiplap siding. It was built in 1796 to its house's namesake, Hampton Lilybridge. 
who was originally from Rhode Island. Synchronicity. Yeah, no. The vampire scare. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one, right? Yeah. Well, not the last episode, but in the Patreon when we talked about the last right. American vampire. Yeah. Right. The design kind of matches that New England origin, even though, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it was built in here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So the widow of Hampton Lilybridge sold the house after he died, and its new owner converted it to a boarding house. And as a boarding house, this is when the very first tragedy happened. So a troubled sailor had come ashore for a, you know, short break or whatever. And again, remember, Savannah, it's a port town, very busy with, you know, either military uh, sailors or, you know, sailors that worked for any number of different sort of shipping companies. Mm-hmm. Probably and, a lot of transients too, just kind of you know, coming yeah. in. I mean, it's kind of one of those things, um, you know, back in the day when we talk about anything historic, it's like folks looking for a job, what a great way to, I mean, heck, I think that was the Navy slogan. God, maybe even still, it's like the best way to see the world or whatever. It's like, oh, right. You get right, to travel, yeah. you get to be on a boat, you get to go to different cities. See a couple of ladies, you know, whatever it is. So this guy came ashore and mm-hmm. I guess he was pretty troubled because he um, he actually committed suicide by hanging himself in one of the guest rooms. Mm. Obviously, the suicide then kind of marred the reputation of this boarding house and kind of marked the property as a place of... Uh, you know, nobody really wanted to stay there essentially after that for mm-hmm. whatever reason. So eventually the boarding house actually had to close for many years and it remained vacant and no one lived there. Now we're going to fast forward many, many years later. In 1963, a guy named Jim Williams is actually the inspiration for the main character in the book Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Hmm. bought this house. At the time, Williams was an esteemed antique dealer and an architectural restorationist. So he bought this property in order to kind of restore it to its former splendor, you know? Right. But here's where it kind of gets dicey, folks. And, you know, you've heard, Tyler, Tyler, we've talked about this on the show where it's like, oh, you know, there's a weird stone you found in the middle of the woods with strange Mm -hmm. writings. You don't dig it up and take it home with you because... (laughs) Exactly. We've talked about, you know, the Dybbuk box. You don't go to the thing. Mm -hmm. So beware whenever you're taking things with you. This guy... Oh, no. Instead of restoring the home where it was, and and potentially potentially maybe it didn't have the strongest foundation. You know, a lot of those old homes had, like, the stacked stone foundation, and maybe he wanted to, like, really solidify it and everything. Bottom line is, this guy moves the entire house, the entire house, the whole thing, and moves it just a few blocks down the road. Well, Hmm. while he was moving it, a portion of the roof collapsed, which oh, no. crushed one of Williams's anonymous laborers who died from those injuries. And, and is this still the, what, like the 1800s? No, 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 this is 1963. 
Oh, so okay, okay. For, for yeah, yeah, yeah. For many, many years, it was just basically a dilapidated sort of building after that initial suicide. And mm. the boarding house business that was in there kind of closed down. So fast okay, forward again, yeah. it's 1963. This guy wants to restore this home, mm-hmm. decides to move it from its current location to a different one for whatever reason. And in that move, a part of the roof collapse kills one of the workers. Yeah. As, of course, we would not be talking about this if that's where it all ended. Mm -hmm. After the property was, quote-unquote, successfully transplanted to its new location, a lot of weird stuff began to happen. Oh, boy. The construction crew who were working on the house began to notice very odd things. They would feel chills and tingling sensations on the backs of their necks. At times they would be downstairs and they would hear the sound of furniture being dragged around in the rooms above them. They could hear laughter, voices, footsteps seemingly coming from nowhere and sometimes even like running across the halls. Tools and construction equipment would also do weird things. They would be inexplicably moved or they would disappear completely. Mm -hmm. In one instance, like there's, you know, a hammer that a guy was using, blah, blah, blah. He comes back, not even comes back, looks away for a second, looks back and the hammer's just like punched through the wall. Jeez. So a lot of this stuff started happening. And so the crew, I think there's one instance where a lot of the, I guess, brick masons had just kind of had, they've just had it, you know, they're there, they're working, it's down south, it's hot probably, doesn't matter if it's winter or not, especially in Savannah, because mm-hmm. it's in the southern part of the state too, for those of you that, that aren't from Georgia yeah. or, or from the U.S. And I mean, it can get kind of cold down there, but... Yeah, it gets chilly, but, you know, not like Pennsylvania cold. Still high humidity and stuff, though. Yeah. So these brick masons who had been working on, on the house's new foundation... One day, they just all ran out into the middle of the street, and they just were refusing to work. So Mr. Williams, Jim Williams, kind of comes on the job site, and he's like, what's going on here? And the brick mason is reported to say, you know, Mr. Williams, that house is comp- it's just full of people, and they're not working for you. You got to get it. You got to go in there, and you got to check it out. In other words, it's not one of us employees. I don't know what's going on, but we're, we're not going back in there. Yeah. So he goes in there. And he just begins to hear, like, this huge, like, just a number of, like, loud crashes, all just different places throughout the house, right? So imagine, you know, again, it was two and a half stories, right? So imagine you're on the main floor, and then you hear, like, a big Mm -hmm. crash on one end of the house, and then, boom, another crash closer to you in just different areas, almost, like, impossible for someone to either do on their own Right, right. You know, or run from one side to the other. So it seemed like like a coordinated effort. Right. Or, like with, you know, with multiple people. Yeah, it would seem that, yeah. Right. And yeah. he described the loud crashes as if furniture was being thrown against the wall and broken. He began to hear people running across the floor and kicking over furniture. So he got, you know, because especially, I think if you're like completely skeptical about this kind of stuff, you're just going to be like, well, come on, let's go up there and I'll show you. There's nobody up here. So that's Mm -hmm. what he did. He goes upstairs 
and they look around and he shows these masons look man there's nobody in here i don't know what that is maybe it's a squirrel or a raccoon running around up here or something like that so mm-hmm. they agreed to go back to work but unfortunately that was pretty short-lived because they came in there and they just were tormented with like whispers laughter and just weird voices that they kept on hearing mm. so they're like Whoop, that's it. They got in their cars, left the house, refused to come back. So, so real quick, just to just humor me for a second, yeah. are they are they seeing any actual like physical things happening, or is it all just like the, the sounds of crashing and yeah and stuff? Well, perfect timing. So okay, again, great. the one guy reported seeing like the hammer, like he had just put it down, like on the ground to like grab mm-hmm. something, some other materials looks back up, the hammer's now, like, in the wall. Doesn't remember doing that, you know? Right. Like if, like if the, when the owner said he was hearing, like, crashes and it sounded like they were throwing furniture in the wall, like, Mm -hmm. when he went to go look, does it say that that was actually happening? No, 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 that's just what it sounded like. So it was kind of, it was vacant, so there wasn't any furniture up there. Oh, wow, that's cool. News of this and news of these paranormal events spread pretty quickly locally and some some local news crews came that had heard about mm-hmm. these hauntings and they decided of course to go investigate like we gotta go check this out well they did so late in the evening and that night man this news crew came All to the time. house and then they night <laughs> they came they came to the house they go inside and a piece of construction material just comes flying at them and they just mm-hmm. whoop 180 and get the heck out of there. Not today, Satan. <laughs> Man. You know, the, and I mean, not to get into like what we think or whatever, but I, you know, that's, a, that's a common thing with like hauntings. I mean, if, you know, if you believe in these people's accounts, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, they'll be staying at like an old hotel or an old, you know, whatever. And like, they'll hear what sounds to be like from like another room or like, you know, below them, like in a story below them. It's like they'll hear like this sort of huge like sort of clamor and it sounds like there's like a a banquet going on mm-hmm. and then they go downstairs and there's like nothing. And I've always I've always sort of thought of that as like a sort of a stone tape type yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? So so you're just hearing sort of like a replaying of like a specific time or maybe like what you know dimensionally left like an imprint of like this particular like event. So you're hearing this like party but the thing that's really interesting about this is it either one goes against the stone tape theory and and sort of rules it out or number 2 shows that like an actual location even when it's moved down the road can still hold on to that it's not like the actual physical location but it's actually like the building or the mm-hmm. the vessel for the the event you know yeah well, hey, That's really interesting for, because we're continually getting new listeners um, mm-hmm. for the new listeners or perhaps for listeners that have missed an episode where we kind of explain what the stone tape theory is. Mm-hmm. Give us a little miniature rundown of what you mean by stone tape theory. It's almost like the idea that and this is just off the top of my head. I'm not like looking or whatever. So I, I urge you to go look if if you're unfamiliar with this. But it's basically the idea that that maybe in the event of, you know, a lot of times you think of 
these hauntings, you you know, I mean, it's sad, but and pretty tragic. But you hear of like suicides, or you hear of, you know, these like you know murders, or like th- basically these events that are happening that are so highly charged emotionally, you know. And it's you can look at it a lot of different ways, but whether it's your our you know, we're all just vibrating molecules and energy, whether we're, we're leaving that imprint onto like a specific place, you know, it's almost like, like a, like taking a photo or like a recording, the, the actual location is sort of capturing the event. And so, you know, you, that's why, that's why I believe that, that when you hear these stories and they're like, oh, if you go back on a, on like a full moon or, or you got to go at midnight on this date or whatever, and you'll see this haunted kind of thing. I think a lot of that is is because it's like left this imprint and it's almost just replaying the event. So I don't necessarily, I think when the stone tape theory is concerned, I don't believe that it's actually, you're actually witnessing like ghosts and like these other entities. I mm-hmm. think, I think it's just a replaying in the atmosphere of like a particular sort of event. Like there's been times where uh, I, I remember seeing like a ghost hunters episode forever ago. Uh, and it's, I, I think still it's probably one of their known as like one of their like sort of biggest sort of claim to fames is like evidence, you know, but they were at Gettysburg and they were using like a, you know, the FLIR, like, you know, heat camera, you know, it's like night vision, but then it's also showing like, like your like a heat signature, heat signature, yeah. and they're showing these two guys, and they're standing around what looks like a barrel with fire coming out of it, like they're keeping warm. But then it would show them, and they would like pull the camera down, and there's nothing there. there there's and there's yeah. The interesting thing is there's not even like a barrel there, so it's Here. like replaying this little scene, you know. And it's I mean I guess whenever it happens, it's like bringing in the you know like items within that little little area which is yeah. pretty interesting so uh but with this that's interesting because like what he said this house was moved down the road so if this is a stone tape type situation that means that the house itself not just the location is that is has sort of been imprinted on Mm-hmm. I said that weird, but it's been like imprinted on, imprinted on. Yeah. from like, you know, whether it's like energy or, or whatever, who knows. But uh, yeah, that's a very long winded uh, short answer of the stone. Tape. No, no, that's good, dude. Okay. So despite all of these things happening, there were still a few mm-hmm. of the workers of the restoration team that decided, you know, you know we're going to stay on and, and perhaps, and I don't have those details, but perhaps uh, Jim Williams, you know, offered to pay them a little bit more to complete the project because in this book that I read, he does talk about how he's like way behind schedule and it was just really becoming a nuisance, all of this. Hmm. So one worker, one afternoon was working there and he heard like a loud sudden noise, almost as if like somebody had dropped something or something had fallen to the floor. And so, you know, he didn't really think anything of it. And so he wanted to go upstairs and make sure that nothing broke or someone was okay well when he didn't return after a while his workmates started to get a little concerned oh boy and so a couple of them went upstairs to see what in the world was taking him so long Hmm. 
They found him pretty quickly by following his terrified whimpers. When they got to him, he was lying face down on the wooden floor, scraping at the bare wood floor with his fingernails, completely terrified. Wow. When they asked him what happened, the laborer explained that he had walked into the room looking for the source of the noise and instantly felt as though he'd been thrown into ice-cold water. And he said that he felt like he was losing control over his entire body, almost as if he was possessed. Wow. In his sort of panicked state, man, he Mm -hmm. reflexively dropped to the floor and basically he said that he was desperately trying to stop this mysterious force from dragging him towards a chimney shaft that was open with a three-story drop below. So in other words, if this force would have succeeded, this guy would have fallen, yeah, plunged down three stories and most likely, you know, hate to be a pessimist here in this scenario, but yeah, Yeah. he probably would have died. Now that... That kind of goes against the stone tape theory. Right. I would say. This one's crazy, man. Here's another thing. So while he was telling his coworkers this, he kind of casually suggested, man, I wish they would do like an exorcism or something, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I just don't know how common that sort of was or a thought process. But when he uttered the word exorcism, oh my gosh, listen mm-hmm. to this, dude. This is, when I read this, this is the reason why I was like, we got to do this. When he said the word exorcism out loud, Mm -hmm. a loud female scream echoed through the room and all of them heard it. Mm. And nobody else is inside? Nobody's... No. No one else. No. Wow. Real quick, where he moved this house, was it like, like way out? No, just out a few away from things. Mm-mm. Nope. It was so it was still like in the city because you said I guess mm-hmm. Oglethorpe, Oglethorpe uh, Square or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just okay. just a few blocks away from what was originally built. Okay. Not only were these folks like hearing things, objects were being moved. This guy who reported feeling as if he was being pulled toward the chimney shaft, but some of them also began to spot apparitions. One of the specters that was often seen was a tall man dressed in black. Mm. They would see him at different times doing different things. So first, the crew reported seeing this apparition, watching them from the third floor window. They Mm. said he wore a black suit, a light-colored tie, and stood by the window, transfixed by their actions, watching every move that they made, you know, even as they were so bizarre it really is man it's almost as if like he's kind of just like what are they doing to this house because this sort of started right around the time uh, apparently that uh that they were i guess kind of renovating it yeah and renovating and stuff well let me just say also for for our new listeners that are maybe not familiar with this that's another uh sort of pretty common like trope with ghost hunting and all that stuff is like you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, we, you know, we never had any sort of issues whatsoever for years. And then we decided we were going to build on like a new room or 
renovate a part of the house. And then suddenly now they have all this activity. And so they think that like a lot of times that, especially uh, probably in these like older homes, they all the, the, this renovation like stirs up, you know, whether it's, I don't know what kind of activity for sure, but like, it seems to like sort of stir it up and like cause things, you know? So like, I'm sure that to me, this sounds like exactly what you said, this guy or the, the, the ghost or whatever was kind of like, Hey, what's going on? Like, why are they messing with my house? You know? Yeah, for sure, man. It's freaky. I mean, I, th- I thought, I thought at first you were talking about like more of like a shadow person type thing, but I, th- I think the scarier thing is the fact that they could see that he was wearing like regular clothes. Mm-hmm. So there's just this random dude just staring. Yeah, black suit, light colored tie. And hey, yeah. folks, listen, even if that isn't a ghost, <laughs> you know, that's scary. equally scary. We're going to come back <laughs> right. all the way back yeah. to if this is your, if you're a new listener, if you're an old listener, mm-hmm. let it be known that one of the things that Tyler and I have talked about millions of times as being a terrifying idea always revolves back to that scene in Halloween, the original one, there Jamie is. Lee Curtis, the very first one that came out. Yep. And she's in her school. She looks out the window. Poof, Mike Broad Myers, daylight. Michael Myers. You, said it, you did it again. I know, dude. I've done it all my life. Michael Myers <laughs> is standing there by like a, uh, standing it's by like a car a, outside the school mm-hmm. window, just standing there. For whatever yeah. reason, man, somebody watching me from across the street is mm-hmm. just a scary thing. And so these guys are looking up. They're seeing this man dressed in a black suit. But... That's not the only specter that they saw. Some reported seeing this middle-aged man with gray hair wearing a silver robe. Mm. Maybe it was Gary Gygax. I'm not sure. Ooh, that's nice. for all you D and D fans. Good pull. <laughs> but the people next door, too, man, reported just like you had kind of talked about with the stone tape theory. They talked about they would hear at different times of night noises like a party was happening, singing, dancing. Yeah, there it is. Here's the thing. The house was empty the whole time. Hmm. Some neighbors even said that they saw people dancing from the third floor window. Yeah, I I think that there may be both going on in this house. Like, I think that it may be a combination of the stone tape theory and then something else. And, man, you know? yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I mean, unless the house is just completely filled to the brim with, with like, ghosts that are just dancing the night away. Well, let's save our theories for the end, and I'll tell you what else it reminds me of. All right. Okay. The house had no reported electrical issues, but listen, when you're restoring an old house, it's not out of, you know, it's not uh, out of the box to think, like, well, sometimes the lights are going to be kind of weird. But people did frequently report that the lights would flicker on and off, seemingly at random, and... Other people said they just would feel this, like, presence that they couldn't explain as they walked by or if they went inside the house. Mm. Obviously, this guy, Jim Williams, he wasn't a big believer in, like, the supernatural and completely kind of rejected the idea that the house itself was possessed in any way. Mm. To me, that that takes a lot of, like, a very strong will. Like, if you're... If you're truly witnessing all this stuff and mm. to still be like, and hey, I think I as far as it. his witness, his, the things that he witnessed were more like, mm-hmm. I can kind of see how he's probably like, these guys, they're just getting spooked. And it's just, you know, yeah. Cause I mean, gosh, dude, I don't know if you guys have ever had a squirrel in your attic. Or, oh, yeah, I have. In uh, the loft. 
a cellar dweller. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, if you've had like a squirrel, it sounds like, you know, running on the, the uh, attic uh, sort of like support beams sounds mm-hmm. like uh, there has to be a man up there. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So, yeah. well, sure- and especially if they're messing with like duck work and stuff. Yeah. It just, it like amplifies that sound even more. For sure, man. And and so like, I'm sure that's what he was just kind of like, eh, I'm sure it's just that. Well, guys, it keeps on getting crazier. So during the restoration of the house at its new location, the crew actually had to dig up. Now, here you go, Poltergeist fans. They had to dig up the house's foundation in order to seat the upper stories in the new home. In the excavation, they unearthed oh boy, an ancient crypt below the level of the basement foundations. Wow. Most likely dating even like pre-colonial time. Mm-hmm. So to many, this indicated that, of course, this may have been a Native American. American. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Of Native American origin. Yeah. They said that the walls of the crypt were built with rough lime and crushed oyster shells. At the time, apparently, <laughs> the workers didn't notify Jim Williams of these findings and uh, in the book it says that it's not really clear what's happened of the crypt or you know if they moved it or anything like that Mm -hmm. it seems that like after its discovery though it it was just simply kind of buried and underneath the house Mm. and I think this is where it kind of separates Jim Williams and myself for for sure Mm -hmm. and probably Tyler and listener if you I'd be interested to hear where you would be on this scale of one to what this guy does. So even after all of these things, people hearing parties next door, lights flickering, tools moving, things being flung at news reporters, voices, laughter, this guy feeling like he was getting drugged into a chimney sweep or whatever. Guess what? Jim Williams decides after it's the renovation's complete, he's going to move in. Mm-hmm. And he does. Now, was he like a wealthy, fairly wealthy? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I say that because you can kind of, I'm just imagining this guy who's, he's just kind of over it. Because you said earlier that it, like the workers were taking like a long time. So to him, it, it probably just sounds like, oh, it's just another excuse. Let's just finish it up so I can move mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this. Historical homes now, you know, I think we've talked about this too before on the show. You have to go through a bunch of red tape to renovate them in a good way. You have to use certain materials um, if they're on the historic registry. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was like in 1963, but apparently he did have to use certain types of brick. And so there was a lot of stuff that was mm. slowing him down anyway. Like you yeah. said, I imagine he was just, he was fed up, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. It sounds like it. So he moves into this restored house around May of 1964. On the day he moved in, you know, all the workmen and stuff kind of took bets that he would not be able to stay throughout the night. Jeez. Apparently, though, he spent the night alone on the third floor and reported an easy night's sleep. Mm. But the quiet of the house just, uh, well, didn't last long because the very next night, he heard a terrible moan followed by the sound of four people in heavy shoes shuffling up the stairs. Oh, my God. Just he imagine says, that. Oh, my... Dude, well, I'll tell you, he did <laughs> He did what both of us would have done. 
Okay. This is a quote from Jim Williams himself. He says, I got out my German Luger. There you that go. I keep beside my bed. Exactly. You can imagine how frightening this was. I waited for them to stop at my door, then came into the room, but they went right up to the top floor. There it sounded as if they were having a square dance, screaming and hollering, behaving like a bunch of drunks. Hmm. He reports hearing these kind of sounds every so often. And that's not even the worst of it, man. The worst of them occurred once it was like summertime. Um, he hadn't had time to kind of install the window air conditioned unit. And so he had like the window open and he woke up to discover that the room was full of little tiny swamp mosquitoes that were stinging him. Mm. So he remembered, you know, cause you, you leave the window open, hot Southern night, you guys, you're going to get eaten alive, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mosquitoes, especially down there. Especially in South Georgia. Oh my yeah, gosh, dude. man. Yeah. So he remembered that he had a can of mosquito spray downstairs in his kitchen. So he got his Luger out of the drawer. I mean, here's the thing. Let me just hold on a second. Now. You're getting eaten up by mosquitoes, yeah. and you're choosing to live in a house that you don't feel comfortable enough to go down to the kitchen without taking your gun with you? Yeah, but, I mean, it, he's still new there, and, like... Or, I mean, are you taking your gun whenever you go to the kitchen every night? No, no, no. Like, no, if no, you no. woke up in the middle of the night right now, no sounds, no nothing, just needed a, I don't know, man. No, I don't even cut the lights. Some off. alfalfa juice or whatever you're drinking. I literally just keep all the lights off, and I, yeah, I, I don't get into it. Now, I will say, when I'm home alone sometimes, I it feels a little, like, creepier. Like, you don't quite feel mm. as, as tough, but... No, I've never, I've never taken a, my gun downstairs. You don't quite feel as tough. I mean, you know what oh, I mean. Oh man, yeah, it's yeah. like well, it's like it chips away little by little, like like weird sounds and, you know. Yeah, I mean, if like little sounds don't bug me whenever I'm at the house by myself, but I know what you mean. Like silence is louder whenever right. you're by yourself. Right, if that right. makes sense. Mm -hmm. And like, if I did hear like a really loud bump. Yeah. Or not or like something crashed at like in my basement or upstairs, you know, on mm -hmm. our uh, second floor. Yeah, dude. I'd be like, huh? I don't, I don't think I'd be like, well, let me go check that out. Yeah, exactly. I and you I know? don't know I don't know that I've mentioned this on the show, but there was one I mean, this was fairly recently where my daughters have this stupid little like husky like robot dog thing that like you, know, mm -hmm. you press a button and it'll like it'll like raise its head and like howl and it was in their playroom and I for some reason I guess before they left so for me I always cut those stupid things off because like they're just sort of notorious you walk in the room late to like you know maybe the, the girls left the light on and the second you do mm -hmm. the sensor goes off and it's it makes a noise well wherever this thing was, and this just happened like the other day too, where it started doing this. Uh, I don't know if it's like, because maybe it's like facing something or it, mm -hmm. it's sort of setting And you're off. talking about like the type of thing that's like either that fish that's on the thing that moves when you move by or the old the old uh, 80s yes. like Coke can that danced. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Well, th this one's weird though, because like you'll, I mean, if it, if it's on and, and I go in and like cut out the lights, even if it's facing like the other direction, it'll... It'll set the sensor off. But I kept hearing this, like, noise, and I was like, is somebody, like, singing? Like, what is happening? And mm -hmm. this time I did. I went in my closet. I got the gun. 
and <laughs> I'm ready to go. And I walked downstairs and I mean, the timing was like, I kind of wish I would have had like this on video, but the, as you know, I'm like creeping through, like, you know, all the lights are mm -hmm. still off because for me, it's like, well, if the lights are off then they can't see me, me either, you know? And, and I, obviously I'm going to know my house more than an intruder, you know? So, yeah. Um, I Unless walk. they've been watching you outside <laughs> the window. Yeah, that's true. No, and I walk by the the door of the playroom. I have like the gun, like mm -hmm. ready to fire. And when I do, the second that I like come into view again, I don't know how the sensor is set up, but the second that I do, it's like, oh, like this, like oh my gosh, little like wolf howl. But it was kind of. It was, I guess it was sort of buried under some other stuffed animals. And he's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I did not shoot, but uh, it did scare the hell out of me. Um, yeah. And so I immediately turned that stupid thing off. Well, just but, be careful, man. That, that, uh, that's freaky. Yeah, pretty scary. Uh, and nobody was home. So, you know, me, me pointing my gun <laughs> is not, not a common occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. We, talk about like it makes it sound like scaredy cats i guess but you know there, there's a lot of weird stuff that we talk about here and sometimes it's kind of hard to you know hey i know i'm yeah. getting you for christmas it's a dvd it's a christmas movie one of my favorites Ernest. it's called Ernest saves christmas mm -hmm. all right there it is let's get back to it here we will return after these messages Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. So, remember, he has the windows open because it's hot. He hasn't installed his window unit yet. And he's just getting eaten alive. And Mosquitoes remembers <sighs> that he needs to go down to the kitchen to get Miserable. some mosquito spray. Miserable. Get some Skeeter spray. It makes me think of we're big Naked and Afraid fans and... Never seen it. You seriously? Just yes, man. Be, only mainly because just oh, the awesome. premise of that makes me angry. No, it's it's it seemed gimmicky at first, but I'm telling you, man, it's pretty pretty addictive. But they oh, that's no. the thing. We're in a survival scenario. Whoop! What happened to your clothes? Don't. Hey, man. I don't know. Yeah, but Come imagine on. how much harder. Suddenly, yeah. it. That's why you. That's why. That's why you got clothes. Yeah, I, I know that sort of boosts the challenge. No, but they, no. they stay in places like, you know, swamps and Peru mm -hmm. and the Amazon and, and stuff. And, like, dude, there's the amount of mosquitoes. Like, it'll be, like, first morning they'll wake up and, like, their bodies are just covered. Oh, bro. When we lived in Indonesia, we had, like, every single – just imagine this, okay? I don't know that we've ever talked about this. Every single night, mm -hmm. every year that I lived there, I had a dang mosquito net above my – like, over me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. 
That's how many mosquitoes. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter the kind of house you live in. Yeah. They're just so many. You're in the tropics, man. There's different mm-hmm. kind of, there's just, it's a different level. The mosquitoes are like the size of your fist. Ooh, I'm just like kidding. That. But now I big. do know you have told me before that like your your butlers do they would fan the palm fronds. So there he was. <laughs> He's going down to the kitchen. Okay. He gets there. Mm-hmm. And as he was opposite this drawing room door, he sees it, the door, open five inches. He kind of mm-hmm. pauses and then decides to kind of just go on past it. He gets to the kitchen gets the spray, turns around, and goes back this what, time. Wait a minute. Let me, I kind of need clarification. So you're saying he's on his way to the kitchen and- He goes it, to the kitchen. He's <clears throat> As he's walking by, he notices a door that should not be open, open five inches. Like an outside okay? door? No, inside. Oh, okay. Just like, like to another to, room. Just to another room. Yeah. Okay. Just to another room. He saw that it was open about five inches. So I don't think he saw it physically open- but he sees okay. that it's open five inches. Okay. Which, okay. you know, it's in the middle of the night. Sometimes you're like, hmm, I don't remember doing that. But yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So he goes past it, mm-hmm. successfully retrieves the mosquito spray, then turns around, goes right back the way he came, mm-hmm. looks at the door. This time it's closed. Oh, boy. So he said that basically that startled him. Obviously, he goes back to his room, sprays for mosquitoes. When he's done, he goes back and lays in bed, but just didn't sleep for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. Then on another night, he wakes up about, you guessed it, 3.30 in the morning. There it is. To the sound of footsteps right beside his bed. Mm. Thinking that it was a burglar, he just kind of says loudly, what do you want? But there's no answer, only the sound running feet like outside his room right next to his bed pal so he he says loudly what do you want into the darkness there is no verbal answer all he hears is the sound of running feet coming just, from just running in right place <laughs> running away <laughs> just marching in place yeah. no running away from him like you know you're kind of like a kid man if you just listen to the whole story you'll have less questions okay he kind of hurries into the, the library, the direction that it was going, and he flicks on the light. He says that he could still hear the footsteps, but there's no one to be seen. Mm. This time the steps were, like, slower, as if just walking around the room. Don't like that. Mm-mm. On another occasion, the door between his bedroom and the adjoining room next to it, he said that he saw a black figure enter the room and then as he looked at him in disbelief, the figure vanished. That sounds like my shadow person encounter. Yeah, where, where I, basically the door slowly, the, the knob turned slowly, the oh, door, door slowly opened, and then I, this thing just sort of walks out. That is, Which, uh, it's terrifying. terrifying. So scary. But... I, uh, there is something interesting with if these things are able to like disappear and you know sort of you know you see somebody walking into a room you show up in the room and they're gone like it seems like they can kind of manipulate I mean I don't know reality I guess you mm-hmm. know that they're Time, not confined space, maybe yeah they're not like confined to our physics so what is it with like why did they have why 
with mine in particular and this one it sounds like why did they have to turn the door handle and then Mm -hmm. open the door it's like it's weird how there's like a mix of that kind of stuff sometimes you know yeah well in this one specifically didn't sound like um the entity like opened the door it was just kind of like standing in that sort of doorway which i remember as a kid kind of like having some of those almost like illusionary sort of yeah moments where i'm like you know Mm -hmm. staying at my grandparents house a house that i'm not that familiar with or whatever right and it's part of the reason why as a kid like i would just nope i'm closing the door if i'm going to sleep i don't want dude any exact same way same yeah no i just meant like the door uh when he was on his way to the kitchen the door was open and yeah yeah and it was shut it's like it's like something's able to physically move things you know yeah i mean that's the hardest thing about this one so far is you can't really put a single label on it yet it's all over the place so at this point this you know he's kind of had his fill and he is just kind of, and by he, I mean uh, Jim Williams, mm-hmm. he's just kind of getting annoyed. And so he went to a an Episcopal bishop from a nearby church named Reverend Albert Rhett Stewart. Mm. And the bishop conducted a lengthy exorcism of the restored Hampton Lillibridge house, did everything from like a ceremonial blessing and, of course, demanding that the evil spirits leave and rest in peace. And initially, the exorcism seemed to succeed for about a week. And then a few days later after that, the disturbances resumed. Yeah, that that's kind of a common thing, too. I, I don't, I have no explanation why, but I've, you hear that quite a bit, actually. And then that's when he turned to um, getting a man named Dr. William G. Roll of the American Psychical Research Foundation involved. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Roll stayed in the house for four nights mm-hmm. while trying to find evidence of caverns, underground streams, anti-magnetic waves, or other circumstances that could cause any of these, um, but, you know, this phenomena. And Dr. Roll eventually concluded that the incidents were caused by, quote, emotional waves or vibrations given off by a human being after severe trauma or death. Hmm. It was this research that led Roll, Dr. Roll to dub the home, quote, the most psychically possessed house in the nation. Hmm. Uh, speaking of the uh, Psychical Research Society, uh, you know that one of mm-hmm. the founders was Alexander Graham Bell. I did not know that. Pretty cool. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that actually was interesting like to me, man, whenever there's like a scientific mind that famous. Yeah, it's well, also involved in this kind of stuff. Well, that's that's what's pretty amazing about them. The Smithsonian is, is there? Uh, they were all like extremely intelligent, like you know, scholars and and psychologists, and like like they were all pretty legit. You know, now it's looked at as like you know, crackpot ghost hunters. But I mean, back then it was it was taken like very very seriously, and yeah. and also there was there was a little bit of residue from like the the spiritualist movement i'm sure which sort of led into that you know well and then culturally in savannah you do have kind of a melting pot of old you know just like new orleans in a way Mm -hmm. old african-american culture and even like spanish culture and a bunch of stuff going on in savannah to where they're bringing their folklore into the mix as well right right and uh you know gosh who knows it's just like a you know, a blend of all kinds of things that could be happening. Oh, so yeah. Jim Williams, 
eventually moves out, sells the home uh, several years later. And since then, the house, which is on Julian Street, by the way, has changed hands a couple times. The owners of it in the 90s said that if there were spirits or anything like that, they have been friendly. And for the most part, have been quiet, but they did report a couple of weird puzzling events that happened. Like, they said that there had been several times when they had the feeling like they weren't alone. Mm. A couple times while they lived there, they heard a sound like furniture being moved across the floor overhead, even though that part of the house was empty. Right after they moved in, the woman found herself unable to close a door in a small storage area that Mr. Williams had installed uh, in the house. And she said that the door was, quote, locked tighter than a drum with a combination lock. The interior of the house is going to be painted, and so she called the previous owner and said, hey, I need help because, you know, I can't get this open. And the previous owner was like, all right, I can kind of come back. It'll be a couple days. Well, the next morning when the painters got there, the storage door in the area was wide open. Mm. So the house itself, Mm. to kind of bring this piece of it to a close, was last listed for sale in, in 2018. Um, Obviously, the listing didn't mention any ghost or story to past or anything. Mm -hmm. Get this. The asking price at the time, this is again 2018, was $2.1 million. Wow. For anybody interested, it is important to note that this is, and and this is part of it to me that kind of gives this entire thing more credence. This house is not open to the public. It's a private residence. It doesn't offer ghost tours. You can't go tour the home. And so, even though we're saying, hey, it's, you know, a short walk from Oglethorpe Square and a lot of the kind of tours kind of walk by it, for the most part, the people obviously should be owed some respect and stuff. Don't go knocking on their door. Right, right, right. That kind of thing. Well, real quick before you finish, do we know of like the... If it was, like, occupied from, like, the... I know you said it, it was mm-hmm. sold. When he sold it in the 60s, yeah. The 60s. So he sold it to a family, and then I guess a family lived there for quite some time and sold it to another buyer in the 80s or 90s, and they lived okay. there throughout the 90s. Okay, and so it did have, like, recently somebody... Recently sold. It, ha- it yeah. did have somebody in there, though, for the the majority of the time, up until the 90s. Yeah, yeah, from okay. what I know, yeah. Okay. Yep. And apparently there have been a couple of different, if, if you want to kind of look into this story more, mm-hmm. I think the Travel Channel did a little bit about it. And, you know, there are a couple of uh, these sort of haunting shows that have, have mentioned this home. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I was just reading through this book and I thought, man, that is such an interesting thing. Because like we've said, and I think it's time we need to start kind of going to some theories here. Mm. This is an interesting case because there's a lot of stuff that's happening. Typically, when we think of some of this stuff, we think of there's one sort of aspect or a small group of sort of characteristics that really kind of point it towards, oh, that's easy, that's a poltergeist. Or, oh, that's easy, that is, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a very organ. This kind of seems to have mixed it all together Mm -hmm. in a weird sort of creepy soup of weird, scary, rad strangeness. Right. I yeah. Mean, what it, do you think is going on? 
It's definitely bizarre. I mean, I mean, so like I've said before, I used to be like really, really into like ghosts and like spirits. I mean, growing up, you know, as a kid in the 80s, like growing up, I would say that was like the sort of main, um, main sort of thing that like most people believed if well that and quicksand (laughs) yes yes that (laughs) and quicksand and the bermuda triangle which is kind of uh kind of disappeared really lately Mm -hmm. or in the modern age but (laughs) but no i i was really really big into it as a kid and like i was obsessed and like like i said a million times my aunt linda was like really big into like ghost it's funny because my cousin Haley just texted me the other day and she was like, hey, do you remember that story that Aunt Linda and your mom used to tell us about the panther lady on Cooley Woods and like the, the ghost and stuff? And I'd totally forgotten about that. But but anyway, so that was like a big thing as a kid. And then I kind of just got burnt out a little bit, much like anime, when it became so like mainstream and like the... yeah. Yeah, like a million shit, like ghost hunters, ghost adventures. Go- like, it was sort of like, I don't know. And especially like the overly dramatized ones that were like, like, uh, like Zach Baggins, like, come at me, bro. Uh, oh, God. You know, it's that. It's the worst. Yeah, just like, I was just like, all right, I'm 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 kind of over this. And that's when I sort of started leaning into like interdimensional stuff. And, you know, not everything being like the spirit of someone who's like passed on. But I will say, looking at this this through that lens of of like, you know, the ghost hunter kind of stuff, man, it, it really is a perfect storm because you have, you know, you have a suicide that sort of before the house was even moved. Then, okay, so say the house was haunted from that. And then they're going to move the house, which is going to awaken new things. Then they end up like realizing that they've, where they finally settled the house there's like some sort of crypt you know that the house had been built or or had sort of landed on top of you know which i guess in turn would be like your indian burial ground 80s style you know horror movie Mm -hmm. but so it does sound like a million different things that would kind of i mean for me lead to being like, well, this this could be something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it a lot of the the stuff, like I said before, a lot of the, I guess like clear audio or or sort of the like sounds of all the stuff happening. To me, that feels mm-hmm. very stone tape theory. But I feel like that's, I I feel like there maybe a lot of that is happening and like the like the footsteps running around. I feel like all that could be maybe lumped into the stone tape theory but like once you start getting into like like doors opening and a freaking padlock being undone and then the door being yeah. wide open like once it gets into like the physical side of it i feel like there's clearly something going on whether it's like a demonic thing mm-hmm. and i you know i try not to get immediately go to that but i do think i think in a lot of these a lot of these cases, like, and I, I've sort of changed the way my belief system in the past, like, you know, as we've like done the podcast in the last mm-hmm. you know, 10 years, maybe. I think that there's something. I haven't done the podcast and 
the last 10 years. We have not done this podcast right, for right, 10 right. years. It kind of sounded like <laughs> right. that. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, some days it feels like 10 years. But, <laughs> uh, no, I I feel like where maybe I used to think like, oh, well, this has to be because of like this this guy that committed suicide or this has to be. Mm. I think there's maybe evidence that would maybe lead me even more to into like looking into the idea of, okay, once like a stigma is built around the house. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, I'm filtering this through my own sort of encounters with, with like yeah. supernatural and like, especially like with the orb situation, which I've, I've talked about in length and we had a full episode mm-hmm. on it, but this idea that once your intentions are, are sort of set on something and you're extremely like into it and like, I think you're maybe, I think in, because of that, and I think, you know, it becomes sort of like an egregore or like a thought form type thing where maybe all the people in the town like think saying like, oh, we've, that house is haunted. And I mean, in my mm. small town growing up, like, I mean, I could name 10 houses that every time yeah. we would drive by, like my mom would say, yeah, you know, that supposedly that house is really haunted or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's just sort of common knowledge on a local level of like the area and like, Oh, well this house we've heard is haunted or whatever. I think there's some evidence that may lead to because of that, like stigma and that like belief system, it's maybe yeah. creating like an opening for whatever it is, right? darker, like a- demonic, maybe even, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that fits, but yeah. I, I think that belief like opens the door and gives this other thing like sort of leeway to to start you know keeping up the power yeah Yeah. right right. yeah it's interesting man i mean even as we're saying this is like well by talking about it now (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly you know when you say that i'm like oh yeah man i mean gosh if you came here for answers well sorry folks this isn't the podcast this is really just a place for us to tell interesting stories and talk about how freaking red they are and and I don't, I, I would say like, I yeah, what do you, you? I think, I think, um, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting to me because the second I think I might have an idea, mm-hmm. it kind of gets, you know, it's just weird. Like one thing that I think is interesting is why in any of these cases, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, you've got someone's like, oh, I hear furniture moving on upstairs. Now, how come my presence in that room kind of keeps that from happening? You know what I mean? So in other words, if I'm hearing furniture being thrown across the room upstairs and I go up there, there's no furniture and it doesn't happen anymore. Well, you know, I think some of that could be tied into and I mean, this could get into, you know, this matrix. Well, kind of. You start getting into like spooky action at a distance. You know, Einstein's theory. You start getting into like sort of newer concepts of like astrophysics and like sort of pseudoscience type ideas mm-hmm. where uh, it's like, the, it's, I think it's called the observer effect. Uh, and it, I think it's tied to like spooky, spooky action at a distance where basically they were able to like recreate these things. And I think there's, there, it's like the, uh, the double slit experiment was, was one of them mm. where oh, yes 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 we've talked about this kind of yeah before, we yeah, yeah we briefly talked about it where basically it, this th- this thing was happening where uh, it was changing like the polarity of like protons or something 
but it was only happening like a certain way when it was being like physically observed by people. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of whatever that is. I, I definitely do not claim to know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm I not, mean, it's cool. Even just like with a basic understand or not even a basic understanding, but just a minimal mm-hmm. understanding of any of that stuff. All of that kind of points toward, I think that we are connected to each other and the things around us a mm-hmm. lot more than we you know, could possibly imagine. Right. Me too. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's interesting, you know? And and I don't know, there's part of me that likes the idea of the fact that it doesn't necessarily have to be a tragic event to to right. sort of imprint energy, um, you know? And so the, the fact that, like, people are hearing, you know, what was explained by them as, like, sounds of joy, like partying and, like, mm-hmm. dancing and, and that kind of thing. And so kind of a more, like, optimistic approach to it is, like, you know while the negative energy, perhaps that guy that committed suicide in the house mm-hmm. could have opened up something, maybe the years and history of, of people living in the house or, or, or even on that land. I mean, I, I don't know if they demolished a building to put that one there. You know, there's just all sorts of different mm. things, you know, and yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's freaky. It's, it's interesting. I can tell you that if I was, what, what's really interesting is, this goes right into something that we're going to talk about on the next Patreon episode that I found that I have, I'm going to surprise you with. This mm. is just very similar to this mm. and a firsthand account, modern and terrifying, dude. Man. But then also kind of toward a little bit of what we're going to talk about next week. So I'm, I'm just pumped. I mean, this is just. Man. Yeah. What it's a, it's what the perfect October spectacular, dude. It yeah, really for, is. For sure, man. Uh, again, I, I keep going back to the, I, I don't know, I feel like this particular case is is so anomalous because you finally kind of have, I mean, there's, you know, there's like no way of of proving like either or with it, you know? I mean, you're, like your skeptics are, are never going to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, we're never going to be satisfied in like what we think it is, but I find it so interesting. I mean, and this is the only house that I can think of that that I've ever heard of where they've moved the house. But I find it incredibly mm-hmm. interesting, the idea that the, not just the location, but the house itself is like, is is sort of, you know, holding yeah. this stuff, whether it is stone tape or whether it is like paranormal type thing. Well, or, I mean, what? Go ahead. No, this time I'm interrupting you, son. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. I do it to you. All <laughs> what the I time. was going to say is like, what's interesting is when we think of these things being able to, it's, it's just interesting. Like our mindset is, oh, well, the object has to be small, and right now this kind of shows that well, potentially it could be an entire building. Now imagine a hundred years from now, mm-hmm. and imagine like an old abandoned apartment building. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I mean, well, well, and also what I was going to say is, you know, maybe maybe the house was, you know, a, a, you know, classic. I don't know that I believe this, but, you know, okay, let's say let's say before it was moved, you know, this tragic event happened with this guy. So the house is, you know, haunted in the traditional sense by this guy. Right. This like spirit Mm -hmm. who can't quite pass on. And again, I don't know that I believe that anymore but maybe that was the case and then the house has moved and then 
where it's moved to, you know, like, like I said, like, and like you said, later you find that it, the house is built over this weird, like, bizarre crypt. So mm-hmm. maybe when it was moved, where they plopped it down, maybe they sat it down in a place that suddenly now we're in an environment where this new, like, stone tape sort of incident can happen. So maybe, maybe like you're saying, maybe uh, they bulldozed over, like, a boarding house or, a, or, like, a dance hall or something like that. And so suddenly now you have the house is actually haunted by this uh, this the spirit of this guy, and then it's also being set on top of this sort of thing. So at times you're you're seeing this replaying of like you know silverware clanking and like the clamor of like people like having a good time and dancing and and all that stuff. So that's what I'm saying. I like to, I like to think that it's maybe a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's. People in the future, one of the things that you can do instead of going to Disney World, you can yeah. pay to go back in time yeah. and minimally, basically have a party mm-hmm. in some abandoned house. And yeah. that's what people are seeing. <laughs> I love it. I you think know, that's awesome. You're in the time period. You're like, yeah, man, I want to go back into the uh, 60s. Oh, I would, God, I would love to go back to the 60s. I, I, am, I am surprised with like the history of this place being so sort of rich with this sort of crazy phenomenon with like a ton of different eyewitnesses and, and, you know, through the years, I am surprised with it being in Savannah that it's not like currently on like, you know, like a ghost tour. Well, I think it is on a ghost tour. You just can't go inside. You can't go inside. It's still a private residence. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure if you go to Savannah and you go on the ghost tour, more than likely you're you're going to walk by this house for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's cool. Pretty cool. I mean, it just, man, I feel like it's a real wasted opportunity, though, because with all <laughs> yeah, the crazy but stuff. Again, man, it kind of leads some credence to the whole thing. This guy wasn't trying to make a profit off of these stories. And, that's true. You know, first being reported by the workers and stuff. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Whenever, again, like we talk about on a lot of these topics, whether it's, you know, anything that's sort of paranormal or, or cryptids or anything like that, the more witnesses and, and random witnesses that you can kind of collect for the same event, the more real and more difficult it becomes to kind of just explain away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. No, I I just, I wasn't really talking about him originally. I was talking about, I guess, like the current owners. It seems like a, like an easy, easy moneymaker to like open these houses. I mean, it's kind of like the hotel that, that I stayed at, the Reed house in Chattanooga. You know, they have like room 311 is like haunted and, you know, when you're, when you're waiting on your, like your car to be valeted or whatever, it's like you, it's on one of the windows, like a plaque that tells the whole thing. So it's like, they're very like open with it to the point of like, Hey, come stay in this room. It's, it's haunted. Is it like, is it like one of those challenges? Like you make it the whole night, the room's on us. No, I, I, well, I don't know. I I don't think so. All I saw was like, Hey, this room's Let me ask you a quick question. Would you do that? Oh, because I'll tell you my answer before. See, there you Definitely. go. You, yes. Me, not a chance. <laughs> Although, okay, I do say yes. But now that I have a family, I also think that there's, there is like these, I don't, the idea of something like hanging on to you Oof. and you taking it yep. with you. No, thank you. There no, is a little bit. I do have a little bit of fear with that at the older and, I've gotten. You know, Speaking of the older I've gotten, man, sometimes I just look. Whenever I go someplace, by the time it's nighttime, I just want to rest my my heavy bones. Mm-hmm. I just want to go to bed, man. Mm-hmm. I just want to get a good night's rest and work hard the next day. 
I don't want to be woken up in the middle of the night by these guys who are trying to make me not have to pay for the room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Ah, no, thank you. Right. Now, I will say I, I really, really, and we've talked about doing like a little double date kind of getaway with our girls to go stay at the Omni Grove Inn up in Asheville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And suppose, I mean, it's like, it's so stunning and old and it literally looks like a house built by, I mean, not a house. It looks like a, a massive like hotel built by hobbits. Like it's <laughs> stunning and all that. But apparently they have this entity uh, and I don't know if she's sort of secluded or like only in like a particular room, but uh, the, she's called like the pink lady. Mm. Uh, and they say, I, I know that I've heard accounts. So I, I guess I just answered my question. I know that people have like had sightings of her like walking the halls, like down. If you've never seen this place, look up the Omni Grove in, uh, in Asheville. And it's like just the spa downstairs. Like it's this grotto and like everything's built out of like, old rock basically so i mean it looks obviously it was man-made but i mean it looks like it was like built inside of like a mountain or something basically but they say that that you can see you know people of people talk about like seeing this pink lady or this like pink mist uh with like Mm. a figure standing in it but i i think maybe she has like her own you know kind of like what i said at the reed house like her own room you know, that you can stay into. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I, I would be into that. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I think it I just cool. want to, dude, I just want to, I don't, I can't just like have a relaxing night. You know, I don't need a vacation from my vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Well, one more week and we'll finally be into the October Spooktacular finale. Uh, mm-hmm. And we couldn't be more excited. It's going to be awesome. We're also going to have some new things, you know, to keep the party going for Halloween season over on the Patreon. So if that interests you or if you just want more of the show, head on over to Patreon because we are really excited about it. And it's just more of of what you love here on the main feed. And it's a way to, well, I guess it's, it's like the best way to uh, support us, you know, two married guys with kids, it it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, time spent away from our families and stuff. So for the folks that are over there on the Rabbit Trail Patreon, uh, we are so thankful and so appreciative of, Mm -hmm. you know, because times are tough. We're probably about to go into a recession with this ridiculous president. So uh, we, we, it really means a lot to us. And we understand like just how much of a sacrifice that that can be you know, to some folks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on whatever, you know, streaming service you're doing or you're using to to listen to the podcast, uh, be it Spotify or Apple Podcast or Stitcher or whatever, you know, leaving that five-star review like really, really helps us out. Also, just tell a single friend about the show. You know, it's sort of an immediate thing that just will build new listeners. And it feels, it's a very sort of organic look at it, you know, and I feel like it's probably the easiest thing to do, but it really helps. You know, we've, we've had people reach out and say, Hey, so-and-so mentioned this show. And now I've listened to like every past episode and like, we will yeah. never get tired of hearing those stories. Cause that's for sure. That's amazing. Let me just, interject, let me just interject real quick because okay. I know that sometimes when, before we were on this side of it, you know, like 
you know, do you reach out to the podcast people that you like and listen mm-hmm. to and stuff? And maybe they won't answer. Look, I can't tell you how awesome it makes us feel when we see that we have a message from a new listener that's like, hey, I just found you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, man, I'm really enjoying it, whatever. That just makes our day. I mean, yeah. it's just so cool. So don't be too shy or, or mm-hmm. you know, don't hold back. If you're listening on the other side of the world, let us know where you're listening from, you know? Yeah. Um, we love that kind of stuff. Yeah, and also for those people all across the world, if you've got your own spooky story, if you've got your own local urban legend, if you've got your own thing that maybe only the no, the locals would have would have heard about, you know, some sort of weird, you know, disappearance that happened, you know, 50 years ago or, or who knows, whatever. You can shoot us a DM over on Instagram or leave a comment or... If it's more of a long-form thing, you can shoot it to thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com. But better than all those is you can leave your your voice message directly on the site. We have a new site. It's uh, thatwouldberadpodcast.com. And uh, you can kind of do everything. Everything that we've talked about so far, you can do from directly from the site, which is really cool. Yeah, one more week. You know, there's a little, little sadness with that, but... Uh, I'm looking forward to our big Halloween finale. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You got anything else, Absolutely. brother? I think that's it, man. Cool, dude. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. Stay spooky out there. And as always, be rad. That's the way it Flowers, but now all that's left.
All right, I think that's good. <laughs> Dude, you can't, you can't make me laugh whenever you're like, <laughs> it's just like dead silent. And then you're just like, okay, let's do some silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, were, you were talking just like during when I said, hey, let's do some silence. No, 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 I stopped talking. <clears throat> Dude, I swear I heard something go, Oh, weird, dude. I Come swear on. to God. Now, Don't. And I, that's why I said, that's why I said, be quiet. Wait, where'd you get I'm, man? Huh? Something weird's happening here, man. It's the dad gum tulpa. Oh, God. You understand? Here it is. Can, can you, can, are, can you yeah, still hear me? I can me? hear you now. Good Lord, that's scary, man. All right. Man, I'm, first thing I'm doing is pulling up a prayer. Volume. I'm about to get on my knees right now, man, and say a prayer. <laughs> okay? You're like, I'm putting like, on Sometimes we right talk now. about this stuff, and I'm just like, uh, well, I'm going to get in my prayer closet. That is pretty weird that we talk about this and we lose your connection. Oh, come on, dude. Hey, seriously, man. Listen. I'm just saying that's, that's, that's weird. We've yeah. never had that happen as far as like... Dude, just wait until I drop this to... story, dude, that Ann read to me, man. It is... Whew, good Lord. Oh, that's awesome. It's that's amazing awesome. And, and just terrifying, man. I'm excited for the yeah. patrons, man. They're going to love it. Yeah, dude, me too. Honestly, what I was going to say about this episode is all this stuff kind of reminded me of uh, Haunted Mansion, which kind of quickly became mm-hmm. one of my favorite rides, dude. I love that. Yeah, dude. It's 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 such a classic. Uh, People dancing. Such a classic thing. That. Although I've never ridden it since we've been going, like, you know, since I've had yeah. kids. I've awesome. never ridden it where it didn't break down. Oh, really? Um, Did it break? Actually, it didn't break down. It just paused at one one spot. And yeah, poor, they paused. Dude, poor yeah, it's Jane, like a pause. man. I'll, I'll send oh, was she like scared of it? Well, not after we took her on Guardians, dude. She was like, "Uh, is this thing gonna be scary?" She just thought that oh, everything right. was gonna be a drop, you know? Yeah. Although the I I'm not a huge fan of like the drop deals, mm-hmm. but the the Tower of Terror just Mm-mm. just because it's like spooky and nope. Like Not it's me. pretty awesome, Not but like me. it's weird because like the the reason I say this is because I know that you've never even attempted to ride this, but you get in there and like you're looking, you're looking in front of you and there's like a mirror. But what's cool is they have like that trick where I don't know if it's like a projector or something mm-hmm. behind the mirror, but it'll be like a seat beside you, and then like in the mirror you'll see like like a spirit. Yeah, they do that on uh, in. Um it's Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Mansion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cool. love that stuff. That's yeah, so cool. Man. Yeah. But oh, we'll, oh, I know what you're talking about. Where you're like, you're up in the air, kind of. What are you talking and about? And you're like you're you're going by like mirrors. Yeah, you kind of. You're not up in the air, car. you're just kinda of like going sideways and it's like, watch out for uh what do they say? Ghostly hitchhikers. And you're like, huh? I and love you just that. look in the mirror and then and then that's when they snap a picture of you. And uh Oh yeah. And dude, I've got this, this you should see like Jane's face is like so adorable, dude. She's like latching onto my arm, and she's like big, <laughs> wide-eyed, like, hmm? oh, it's so cute. Just white knuckle. And, and dude, I'm gonna send you like I haven't yet, and I'm probably just gonna post it. The mm-hmm. picture of me from Guardians, dude, is the funniest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Th- those pictures always end up being so bad. Oh boy, I, I look this, like just. I'm telling you idiot. right now. This is gonna take the cake, bro. This is the it's gonna be the award. It's the funniest thing uh, ever. I'm not gonna show it to you until like we're on the air talking uh talking about it. All right. Let's do some silence. That's what I'm doing, you dumb mother trucker. <laughs> <laughs>